It's Sunday, September 13th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 22 of Roll Up and Die. You maniacs! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you all to hell! So, uh, Matt, I saw a picture on Facebook that you yeah? got a little treat for the Roll Up and Die podcast. Yeah, I just ate it. It was a cookie. <laughs> um, my my wife bought me a cookie today and left it on the desk knowing that I was recording Roll Up and Die tonight because she's out of the apartment. And so I got home and I was like eating dinner and I finished my dinner and I was like, Tila, I want chocolate. And she was like, go look on your desk. And so I ran into my office and there's a cookie sitting there. And I was like, what? You're magic. Like, how did this happen? Awesome. It's like, you just, you just happened to ask for chocolate on the day that I bought you a cookie. Awesome. So I was like, oh man. It, I like the idea though that she's a wizard and she just conjured right, it from thin right. air. Yeah. Well, go look at your desk, young, young Matt, and find a cookie there. She like focuses for like two seconds. Like, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay, now go. Okay, done. I materialized. I think it landed in your office. (laughs) (laughs) I ripped it from subspace. I think it's in your office. It's always within 10 to 15 meters. It might be outside or upstairs. You know what sucks, though? Here's the thing about pulling things from other places. She got the cookie from me in the future. Oh. Like, I'm at some point what? in the next week, I'm going to be eating a cookie, and a hand is going to come out of nowhere and take it from me. I'm oh, yeah. Go, no! <laughs> that was my cookie. <laughs> that was my cookie. And then I'm going to go, oh, enjoy it, me from the past. <laughs> enjoy that future cookie. Then you're going to be like, oh, I really took it for granted. I just totally... <laughs> I ate that cookie having no idea that I would want it so badly later on. <laughs> it just occurred just, to me that... Isn't that life, w- though? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is life. Someone from the past stealing your cookie That's, so they can eat it. That is, I think, the the Webster's definition of life. And <laughs> and it's just now occurred to me that the word cookie is a word that you cannot say angry. Like, it, 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 you, what I mean is you always sound adorable. When you're saying the yeah, word cookie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and do my best Harrison Ford from Air Force One demanding <laughs> okay. a cookie, okay? Go for it. Give me back my cookie. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually that was really good, Matt. I love how <laughs> I love how of all the impressions you could just pluck off the tree. <laughs> oh, Harrison Ford from Air Force One is the one. That- that's the only Harrison Ford that I can do is specifically from Air Force yeah. One. I was gonna say, did uh, she gave you a cookie? Tila gave you a cookie. Did she give you a beer to chug? Uh, no, she didn't. But I have my own. I'm I'm drinking a Stewart's root beer tonight. So. Ooh, I like Stewart's. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yes, what are you drinking tonight, Alex? Maker's Mark. <laughs> nice. Very nice. I'm drinking coffee. See, we 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 each represent a totally different facet of beverages. Yeah, we do. No water, <laughs> fuck water. No, no. I haven't drank water in like three days. I'm probably gonna die. <laughs> I realized that today at work. I was I was drinking an energy drink this morning. I was like, I can't remember the last time I took a drink of water. Like <laughs> to not like take a pill or something. Like, three three days is kind of the limit. I mean, have you heard the uh, there's, there's a, a survival saying that you can live 
uh, three minutes without air, three hours without shelter, three days without water, three mm-hmm. weeks without food, and some right. people add on three uh, three months without hope. But basically, yeah. <laughs> th- 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 those, <laughs> oh, jeez. Th- those those are your basic survival priorities. So nice. Right. Well, I I've been that. I've been drinking other things, but I haven't <laughs> been drinking water. And that, that I that's yeah, one of those things that like kidneys, I. Man. Yeah. I know. I know. That's the thing is I, and when I don't drink water, I feel it. Like I yeah. get headaches and I start to feel really lethargic. And so I really, I think after the podcast, I'm going to go just chug a couple yeah. of glasses of water. But you know, you're screwed when you're like, how much water have I had? And you start calculating the water that you've put in your ramen and the water that's, <laughs> yeah. that's been. You're like, you're like, well, there's water in coffee. Yeah. So I did lick my sweaty upper lip earlier. It's got to be something in there. <laughs> Mark so that I've had down. some water today. That's awesome. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Ooh, snore, nice. Was that was that Matt? That was dude. You, every once in a while, Matt, you you let him out. I know. I just go for it. I'm just like I'm gonna snort. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I used okay. to be really self conscious of the snort. I used to try and stop it, but now it's just like, nah. Who cares? No. It's awesome. It shows you're enjoying yourself and you don't care. Yeah. Exactly. 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 I agree, Alex. And I always think it's funny when someone snorts. Like, it makes me laugh. Exactly. And not in like a, ha-ha, you snorted, but just like, oh, my God, you're laughing yep. so much that you snorted. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, exactly. I have a good friend, and when she laughs, she makes a seal noise. Like, when you really get her, when you really get her, she, she'll be like, ha 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 I'm actually surprised at how good that was. That impression really was. I think it was spot on. You know who has a dynamite laugh is Tim Carney from Tabletop Terrors. When you get him, it sounds like he he is out of breath. Like he's just like, it's like there's no sound coming out. You just hear wheezing, just wheezing. Yeah. It's like like if you took the squeak out of a chew toy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like whenever you whenever you super get him, it's just I don't know. It just it's hilarious because it's like you can barely hear it. It's like just at the edges of like audible sound. Yes. I've never heard him laugh. He only cries when I talk to him. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you're all it's because you need to put your clothes back on, Alex. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, Alex, what the hell, dude? Fair enough. (laughs) Just because it's a podcast doesn't mean you can be naked every time. I thought it was tradition. People can tell. (laughs) Yeah, I can hear it. Listen, listen, folks, if you want to go back to some of the early episodes of Roll Up and Die, which I highly recommend. Oh, God. There is a, there's a, 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 you know, there's a precedent for this in our, uh, in our preparation. What? Broadcasting without pants. Come on. Oh, okay. All right. right. I got you. Uh, Got you. I thought you were about to say, like, this specific episode, I was butt naked sipping on a Cabernet, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And now it's like... (laughs) This particular episode, it was really hot, and so I was just... Just everything open to the world recording the podcast. It was a hot 52 in Maine, and I just needed it. The kids were in bed. <laughs> wife was upstairs. I decided, you know what? I can pee outside if I want to. That's right. I'm taking my pants off too. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Um. Technology. technology. Yeah. No, no, no segue from there. We had the perfect segue where I was talking about time traveling cookies earlier. Oh yeah. You know what? Let's talk about that again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a that was. Do you remember okay, that here, time? I got, okay, 
I got. I got a thing. I got a thing. Okay. Right. <clears throat> if if uh, if you could go back in time and take one thing from your past self, what would it be? Oh snap! Ooh. Yep. Take from like for something physical to take from them. Yeah, you can't say something depressing like oh. my dignity. <laughs> oh, I would take uh, my the first RPG book I ever bought, the uh, the third edition D anD D player's handbook, before I loaned it to my friend, never to be seen again. I would take oh, it back man. so it could my oh. first book could go on my shelf. Oh, that wow. is still Dude, sad. Parker, my my answer is very similar. Mm. I would go back and take my Mario sixty four Mario Kart sixty four cartridge oh. from myself before I loaned it to Bruce down the street. Bruce, if you're listening, <laughs> dude, you moved away and I never got Mario Kart back. I I'll never forgive you for that. Well, well, hold on. Like you can still get Mario Kart, but it's not like my first Mario Kart that I ever <laughs> purchased that that launched me into this hobby. Like my No, book. it's not as important as yours, but I'm still really bent out of shape about that Mario Kart cartridge. Yeah. So could you could you take your self? Uh, could you take your restraint from yourself so you punch Bruce in the face back in time? Yeah, I would do that. Cool. No, I want to punch him now. Like I want to be an adult and I want to punch no. him, punch a child Bruce in the face. No, just <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just go like two days ago and take Bruce's car keys away from him. Oh, <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, I like that idea yeah. better. Cool. All right, Alex. Oh man, I, I guess I would go back to uh, there. There was this, there was this one really bad date I had. I, I would probably take my car keys before I uh, before I left on that because yeah, it it it, 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 was, it just went horribly wrong. Um, and then so. and Alex looks towards his children with a scowl. <laughs> <laughs> horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it so bad, though? <laughs> oh no! It, well, you should, all right. New new rule. Sorry, new drinking game rule. Take a drink every time Matt snorts because that's two. Damn it! That no. is two. <laughs> Do a shot. That's a good one. Shot, I, no, it, it was it yeah. was just uh, someone I ended up getting involved with, and and it was just. Uh, <sighs> She was, she was okay. kind of a manipulative liar, I guess, would be the the, the biggest flaw. Ah. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. That's just a minor thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, and, yeah, those are the worst relationships. You know, if you're dating a girl or guy who is just like super lying all the time because there's never mm-hmm. anything good that you take from that relationship. It always yeah. just turns you into a distrusting asshole. Well, yeah, the worst. Part, the worst part was I didn't know about the lying until you know much too late in the relationship <laughs> yeah that's usually the case and then, then once it then once the walls of of deceit begin to disintegrate you're like oh what 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 no this is not the this is not the past you know six to eight months i remember what what's going on yeah so alex you would go back in time and take your car keys to prevent you from going on yeah. that date yeah i think i think that would help. okay yeah. All right. So you you guys had really good answers, and mine was crappy. But do you want to take a, another a second one? <laughs> I might. I might go back, and I might. Um, you know what I would do? Oh, okay. Would you do? I have an answer. Okay. I have an answer. <clears throat> when I was a kid, uh, my family uh, took me out to Red Robin for my birthday dinner one year, mm-hmm. and that year I got a Boba Fett action figure. Oh. And it was a super awesome Boba Fett action figure. Oh, no. um, like, just 
he had all the accessories. He had his cape, his jetpack, like 15 different guns. He was so cool. And I brought him with me to Red Robin. And I left him there. And my parents bought me a new Boba Fett action figure. But it wasn't the same one. It was different. It wasn't as cool as that one. Mm. And we could never really find... I'm sure if I looked for it now, I could find it somewhere online. But I would go back in time... And I would just grab that Boba Fett action figure. You'd make, and I, I'd i take it from myself because I'm going to lose it anyway. Make yourself but then cry. I would have it now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'd make myself cry. It was a fortune. <laughs> exactly. How would that work? If you take it from yourself and then you're now uh-huh. and then yourself, you're like, yeah. oh, I don't have it until you get in the, in, to now. And then you go back and take yeah. it from yourself. Yep. Are you gonna, That's called a paradox, Barker. Are you going to use the segue? What? Oh. oh, did you forget why we did this exercise? Yeah, I thought we were doing the time travel podcast that we do every other week. <laughs> that we just don't release to the public? Yeah, the roll up back to the future. That yeah. one. Copyright issues and basically it's the not government. fit for children. The government. The government. Yeah, they won't let exactly. Us yeah. It's yeah, too it's because it's too true. Yeah. They know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, you would have to use some sort of time machine, Barker. You'd have to use some sort of apparatus. Some sort of technology. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today on Roll Up and Die, we are talking about technology in your role-playing game. And we actually discussed this a little earlier, and it seems like this might be a two-parter. Uh, and yep. so... Boom. Not might. We, we Yeah, boom. We made it a two-parter. Uh, so this first episode, we're going to talk about putting technology in your fantasy game, like more advanced technology or how to balance technology in your fantasy game. The next episode, we're going to talk about uh, Mm -hmm. uh, science fiction and other genres, Mm -hmm. technology. So um, welcome to Roll Up and Die, your anachronistic RPG podcast. My name is Barker. (laughs) Nice. Uh, My name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And let's rock and roll, because this is a topic that I really enjoy. I love, uh, like, really a a subtle amount of tech inside Mm -hmm. uh, a fantasy world. And uh, I think if I'm I'm remembering correctly, Alex, this is not something that you do very often? Not in my core fantasy world, no. Um, I, I don't like to mix, you know, too much, you know, really sci-fi or even advanced uh technology like gunpowder in my in my core fantasy world i have no problem with a fantasy world that incorporates that sort of stuff but if i'm if i'm doing a pure fantasy then i like to keep it you know fantasy to me it just it just helps to keep it um i don't immersed in that setting for me Mm -hmm. yeah i got you uh matt I, when we were talking about this topic, I immediately started thinking of you because this is something that you do quite often. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of my thing a little bit. Take it and run with it, man. Well, I, uh, I do enjoy putting a little bit of science fiction in my fantasy game. I think that it, uh, for me, it just creates a sort of high fantasy sort of feel that I really enjoy. Um, and I, I like the idea of, of with a very careful hand sprinkling those, those sci-fi elements, those elements of technology, 
into the fantasy world because in a fit in a fantasy world traditionally you also have magic and Mm -hmm. there's that saying that you know at a certain point science is sort of indiscernible from magic you know and so they're you kind of almost make them one and the same and also the idea of like in a world with magic there wouldn't be as much of a need for cultures to adapt to technology because they have Mm -hmm. magic so if one culture uh develops electric lamps there's not necessarily a need for the elves to be like hey we need electricity because they're like no like we have five guys in the village that can cast light anytime they want like we Mm -hmm. don't need electric lamps also we can see in the dark you know like yeah yeah so and then you know another culture develops you know black powder weapons well we can shoot fireballs from our hands. We've got a guy in the back that can shoot fireballs, so we're not worried about the guns. So mm-hmm. technology can both be sort of intermingled with magic, but also I like the idea of technology being utilized by cultures that don't have access to magic. So yeah. mm-hmm. if you have, like, uh, you know, dwarves who traditionally are not big into arcane magic, uh, you know, having them rely more on technology, you know, machines of war, potentially guns if you wanted to do something like that, but definitely, mm-hmm. you know, sort of gadgets and technology and things like that, it sort of puts them on an even footing with, you know, say, high elves traditionally. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this today, and uh, yeah, I agree 100%. I think a lot of uh, the, the level of technology sort of has to follow your level of magic. And that's yeah. kind of like a sliding scale. You slide one up, the other kind of goes down. Because if you if you live in a world where everyone has access to magic, from the baker to the to the adventurer to the you know to the street sweeper, they all have access to some kind of mild magic, even. Um, then there's really no need for technological advancement. Technological advancement happens when there's a need for it. You mm-hmm. know, things don't get invented unless someone says, damn, I wish I didn't have to lift all this stuff myself. Oh, <laughs> I'll invent something. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, wait, I can just use levitate. You know, <laughs> there's, you know yeah. they, they don't have to worry about it. So there's no, there's no drive to, to develop it. But if you have more limited magic where only this few people have magic, then, yeah, these other people are going to feel like, well, I, I don't have magic, but... Hey, look! Look what happens when I mix these chemicals together and they explode. I can now I can compete with them. Right. So mm-hmm. it, it, there's uh, uh, you really have to consider when you bring technology into the world. Does it make sense in terms of would would this have developed on its own? You can also have something where there's a clash, a kind of clash of cultures where you know something comes in extra dimensionally or um, you know like uh, two separate continents one is high magic, one has no magic, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are a lot of ways you can bring them together at different levels within your your world. Yeah, it, it, We just had a Provokers game where, uh, Alex, you just reminded me of, where it was just people throwing alchemists fire left and right, mm-hmm. which, yeah. you know, is... I, I, is that technology or magic? I always saw it as just alchemy. Just I think it's... I mean, it's kind of a... It, it's non-magical magic effects. I don't really know how else yeah. to describe it. You know, it's like... It is mm-hmm. it is a chemical reaction, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily call it technology, per se. I don't know. Yeah, the mm-hmm. alchemy in, in D&D and, and related worlds tends to be... tends to have some magical aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But you could have a world where you stick with just the straight chemistry. You know, right. and and uh, yeah, and have your people come up with things that they could have access to, whether it's uh, Greek fire, like we talked about, uh, uh, gunpowder, acid, various acids, things like that. So, the uh, yeah. you reminded me of a quote earlier, Matt, uh, an Arthur C. Clarke quote. 
mm-hmm. uh, the one that's it, it's like any advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I think you know that's that's the point that's actually difficult to achieve uh, in, in a role play game. Uh, I think. Mm. And Matt again and Alex, you both talked about this. Like you know why we, we don't need glow sticks. We don't need flashlights, like because <laughs> yeah. we're magical. And but I think that you know technology and magic can be used uh, even in a high magic setting. Uh, they can be fused together pretty nicely. And I'm going to totally go back and talk about Stone Rift, uh, mm-hmm. the city in uh, in Matt's homebrew world, where um, the dwarves have harnessed lightning inside of like uh, a tube. Mm-hmm. And basically, I mean, I want you to picture a bazooka that shoots lightning. Mm-hmm. So it's magic in that, obviously, it's holding this lightning power, but it's technology in that it's in this mechanical frame. Yeah. Which is yeah. a really cool way of doing that. Well, and that's kind of my, that is my jam, is the the magitech. Like, having mm-hmm. magic and technology utilized together. It's like, I have a gun that instead of, powder as an ignition source i have a small stone connected to the elemental plane of fire and that's my ignition source that hurls the bullets you know i love stuff like that they did a really good job of of having something like that in uh uh the uh legend of korra series the avatar series the legend of korra because Mm -hmm. they, they they sort of updated to like the 1920s that that sort of era and uh they had they had these you know they all had electric lights you know everyone had them and but the uh, the power plant was basically firebenders who could shoot lightning, and they would ha- they yeah. would have these people go in and, and just keep you know charging up these capacitors with lightning bolts, and you know just that was their job, you know. Yeah, and, and, exactly. And so they they showed things like that, and then in in later episodes they actually you know kind of harnessed some of the spirit energy in in a weapon, you know. So it was, it, there was a lot of that sort of thing going on in uh, in that series, which was cool. Yeah, that that spirit cannon in the later seasons <laughs> yeah. was just Jeez. so cool. <laughs> Uh, I was geeking out pretty hard about that. I'm but. gonna have to add that to my list. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is that's actually a great a great example of of magic and technology mm-hmm. being kind of fused together. Yeah, yeah, and and it shows how it came together as well. Like it, they showed because you, in the early Avatar episodes, uh, the Last Airbender, it was very, it was very low tech. They were very right. uh, uh, sort of you know kind of in a D and D level technology for lack of a better description mm-hmm. but um but then like i said they jumped ahead a hundred years or so and now you're in this in this kind of 1920s era at least within the city yeah. and so yeah so they showed how these people who have powers to bend the elements are kind of interacting with people who can't and this technology that's growing up around them yeah it was really yeah. neat well and even in the last airbender like in the in the uh in the larger cities in the in the earth kingdom they have trains that are made out of stone that are propelled by earthbenders. So right, people right. people get around on these tracks and these trains made of stone and like you have to think like, okay, if if someone could manipulate earth and stone, what mm-hmm. sort of technology would grow up around that ability? You yeah. know, what sort of you have to kind of mold it to whatever the the magical abilities are in your setting. Right. Yeah. Which I think it's easier with a low magic setting. Personally, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. especially with something like gunpowder, which my favorite uh, type of setting uh, is a, is homebrew totally is like 
a colonial era. You know, like mm. if we're talking 17th century, mm. 18th century uh, Europe and Western world, that is my favorite uh, type of setting. So if, if right. you could add magic to that setting, what mm. you'd get, like Alex mm. said before, is a bunch of useful magic teaching people how to, you know, freeze their their freeze their meat or you know uh how to boil water instantaneously like you know yeah. things that are yeah. like you mentioned i think in the last episode matt how to heal people how to yeah. like very useful things that aren't weapons you know the weapon is your, your musket so I, I, right. I i love the idea for that setting but in a yeah. high magic setting like how do you I don't know. How does what's the perfect balance between technology and magic in a super high magic setting? I think Alex said it perfectly earlier when he said it's kind of a sliding scale where it's like mm-hmm. the more the higher the magic, the lower the tech because yeah. you have you have this magic so there's less need for technology. So I feel like yeah. thinking of it not as like the perfect balance, but like the perfect balance for your particular setting you know well, based on the level of, taste, of magic yeah. and the level of technology and yeah a lot of it has to do with taste exactly exactly but the way i see it there are three sort of ways to bring these things together one is that they evolve together so you know mm-hmm. the, the a certain level of technology evolved based on the amount of magic mm-hmm. uh, another would be you had a world that had no magic and suddenly magic is introduced boom kind of like uh uh oh i lost the name of the the game uh Sh- shadow run Oh yeah, you know, where, where right. you know you, we have a normal world and suddenly boom, magic is introduced. Rifts, yeah. And then right. you ha- then then on the flip side, you can have a magic world where suddenly technology is introduced. Maybe this, uh, you know, this, a rift opens up and you know suddenly stormtroopers start coming through with with blasters and, and suddenly the the world yeah. is thrown into chaos because you have this world full of magic fighting this technology that they have no control over that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and so. You know, you could bring in te- you could bring technology into a magic world that's already established. So there's those are really the three sort of major ways I can think of that you could kind of have a create a backstory for how your yeah. world got to be the way it is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that, and I've I've always loved the idea of a world where magic is really prevalent and it's fairly low tech, and all of a sudden from across the sea comes hmm. you know a bunch of guys who don't have magic but they have technology that can compete with that magic and all of a yeah. sudden you have these you know like you were talking about alex having like that <clears throat> culture clash uh is mm-hmm. always really sort of evocative to me yeah and you want to try and figure out a way that it, again it makes sense that that why these people don't have magic is mm. there something physically different about them you know is that biologically are they uh unable to you know to uh uh channel magic uh, right i had a i had a culture in my world that they 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 abhorred magic as as evil a sin that's something to be not not just rejected but destroyed so they they were you know uh they they rejected it entirely and they happened to grow to evolve in an area where there was this stone that that neutralized magic and so this entire culture you know developed not not only unable to use magic but hating it and so right. it, that was that was another way to do it 
I like that. That's usually, you know, that's a really good way of doing it. If you have a culture or, you know, a, a people that don't use magic, having them hate it really can be can can help you out in your game because very few I, it's hard to imagine a group of people who are like, "No, we don't use magic. We, it's super useful. We just don't use it. We, <laughs> we don't hate it." You know, it's it like, would be very convenient and keep a lot of us from dying, but we're not going to use it. <laughs> no, well, no. Well, I think yeah, so hating them a reason. They, yeah, either they hate so. it or they can't use it or both. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, magic being forbidden, uh, except for like high upper classes, mm-hmm. especially like resurrection magic. And so, you know, the lower oh, yeah. classes is where you see technology and like really kind of magic infused technology thriving. Like, you mm-hmm. want to put technology in your game? God, put put a you know a Bunsen burner in, in mm-hmm. somebody's house. Like that's mm-hmm. a cool thing that gives your, uh, your game, your setting more life, uh, without at the same time, uh, making it stupid. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I, I remember I, uh, I had a campaign that was sort of set in this extra planar city and the PCs were going to meet with this Rakshasa and they're like walking down the hallway to this Rakshasa's like study and they hear music and they're like, what is that music coming from? Is he like playing music? And they got into his study and there were just these all all these weird exotic objects. And one of them was like a record player. And so like nice. the Rakshasa was sitting there with the record player going. And I described it in a way where I didn't say, oh, and there's a record player sitting there. I described it as someone who had never seen a record player before. Mm-hmm would yeah. see it you know like oh, there, it cool. looks like a like a sideways <clears throat> bell coming out of a box and there's a spinning plate <laughs> on top of it and they're like what <laughs> the hell and then they start thinking about it, and they're like oh it's a record player <laughs> and so i i think having little 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 drops like that yeah. it, it, it's almost like you know it's the same thing with a with a fantastical world where it's like you know make it grounded so that when that when that thing does happen when they do see something fantastical or when they do see something technological in this case mm-hmm. it really sticks out to them and it's special yeah yeah we were uh working on a uh that's really awesome matt and we were working on a setting a while back that basically is like a fantasy setting but it takes place on the far side of the moon in the far far future after you know and the the earth is just post apocalyptic mm-hmm. so uh, you have all this magic uh, on, the, on this far side of the moon area, and the moon's been blown in half, so it's flat on one side. And oh, anyway, man. so uh, yeah. But the uh, one of the players' characters at the very end of the you know this, the campaign season finds an iPad, and in this just <laughs> high magic setting, and try describing an iPad to someone without using the word "it's an iPad." Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's rectangular. It's really smooth. It's got <laughs> one button on it. It's glass uh, on one side and metal on the other. There's yeah. an apple on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but that was kind of fun. Yeah. A long cool. time ago, I, I had a, uh, I was running a Star Trek campaign, and uh, I had the, uh, the, the characters go, go through this dimensional portal, basically. And they ended up in, it looked like they just stepped through into the other part of the room, but what they ended, where they ended up going was a, a a universe just like almost like they knew, but but magic existed, and so um, of course the, the the those badass magicians in the universe uh, were the were the Vulcans, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but it was uh, it, it was it was interesting seeing them try to adapt to it now with uh, uh, with where they're not they're not accustomed to this they have. You know this this high technology that sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's something else to consider, too, is how does your magic interact with your technology? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, if you look at the Dresden Files, um, oh, yeah. Harry Dresden and other wizards, they can't interact with technology very well. You know, no, it breaks. It, 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 yeah, or explodes even. If they get yeah. too, you know, try to use a computer, just blows it out. So, you know, does the magic that you have sort of interact badly with technology? Does it interact mm-hmm. well with technology? Because that can create all kinds of interesting situations, too. Maybe yeah. the reason that these spellcasters didn't invent technology is because they can't. Because it doesn't mm-hmm. work, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And that creates a, a lot of really good stuff for story, Alex. And, mm. like... Um, Dresden Files itself when, you know, he, he, like you said, can't use a computer, can't even drive a car that was made after 1979 or something, right. you know, because it's like <laughs> they all have the chip in it and can't answer a phone without it being all fuzzy and breaking. He does. He never goes into hospitals because if he does, like he might cut someone's life support on accident. So <laughs> it's really it. If you if you add this into your game, it just creates a lot of fun obstacles that mm-hmm. your players have to yeah. navigate around. If there's mm-hmm. a a whole world of stuff that they just can't interact with, or else it's going to cause cause everything to go haywire. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think they did one uh, in one of the Harry Dresden books where uh, a friend of his was trying to figure out you know, things about wizards, so they took him into an MRI, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> yep. And that didn't go very well. No. <laughs> oh, that was fun. Uh, do you want to talk about Batman for like 10 seconds, Matt? If you want to, it's uh, fine. It's good. Uh, I was just, yeah, sure. Oh. Batman's got a lot of cool gadgets. He does. Technology. I, technology. What about magic? I actually Dude, saw there is magic a video in Batman. Uh, that uh, was shared. Oh, who was it that shared it? Lewis Counter. Mm-hmm. He shared it, and it's uh, a like a fan made video. I think it's really nicely done. It's Batman versus Darth Vader. Yes, oh, I've neat. seen that. It's actually surprisingly well done. Yeah, it, it nice. really like the one. I, the version I saw, Darth Vader loses, and it really makes me sad. Not because I hate Batman, but because I'm such a whiny Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I'm just like that never would happen. <laughs> It is it's, it is a really cool video though, and uh, I like the part where Darth Vader like gets his helmet blown off, so yeah. like you see his face for a second and stuff. It's mm-hmm. just it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. But part of me was like, "You Batman got thrown outside the Death Star. He would die. He's in space." And then I'm like, "Oh, there's sound in space. Like, yeah. come on, I got it. Damn it! <laughs> no, no." <laughs> Do they take that part out of the fan edits? Yes, they do. Thank you. Good. Oh, the good. last time, the last time you see Darth Vader is when he's laying there burning on the shore and on Mustafar. You don't see the suit go on or anything in the fan oh, edit. Good. It's, good. it's perfect. Yeah, I yeah. I liked the first breath. Like I mean, I, yeah. I get it was cheesy, but I really liked the scene where you see the the. Yeah, like that. that's the thing cool. is though, the thing is though, it would have been more effective if they hadn't shown the suit. If they just you know had him in a room and it's dark and you just, you just catch glimpses of you know technicians yeah. working or hearing, and then, him. And, then, and, then yeah. and then and then you you know you go on the emperor's face and all of a sudden you hear the classic breath mm-hmm. and then he smiles yeah. or something like that. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been yeah. Really yeah. I always I always had an issue with the idea. This is like complete tangent, but I was Sorry. I always hated the idea that Darth Vader's suit was. Like, the suit that he wears in the original trilogy is the suit that he always wore. Like, you don't think they would have made upgrades after 20 years in the suit? Like, I always pictured his initial suit being really, like, 
cobbled together like and like yeah and like not like as intimidating or cool but more like like a gas mask on his face and like mm. bo- you know body armor and stuff and eventually he adds things to it and and upgrades different pieces and so he finally gets the suit of the original trilogy but i i hate in the prequel where he gets the suit that he's wearing 20 years later it's like dude you didn't change the pants or anything really <laughs> Well, no, it's really it's really weird that they have it sitting there ready for him. Also. Yeah, the emperor's like, I have foreseen this too. <laughs> it, do, it does make you sort of visualize, even if you don't want, like, you know, mm-hmm. like Darth Vader having to take a poop. You know, it's yeah, like, exactly. It's like, <laughs> what is you know? Does he take the cape off first of all? And then, you know, does he have does he have a special pressurized uh, you know bathroom that he has to use? I don't know. <laughs> You have the bridge, Commander. I'll be in the meditation chamber. <laughs> that meditate? You think that's a meditation chamber that he's that's in? Right. That little clamshell thing? No, that's the that's the John. It's, a, it's <laughs> when General oh, Veers comes in and he's like, he's like, uh, I'm prepared to land, sir. And Darth Vader's like, Give me one second. <laughs> I would go in there for a few minutes if I were you. <laughs> 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 I took I took a dark lord of the shit in there, so don't go in there. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! Oh. What is this episode about? Uh, Speaking, you know what though? Hang on. Yeah, Speaking of magic and back, technology, Star Wars is a yeah. great example of magic and technology being used together because uh, you yes. have the Force. And you uh, have. Technically, they explained it with midichlorians and. Uh, <laughs> Oh. No, that was taken out in the fan yeah, edits too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. No, but I, I just the, you know the force yeah. being magic, Jedi essentially being ninja wizards, and then you have yeah. you know technology basically uh, destroying all of the Jedi, um, mm-hmm. leading to their downfall. So. Yeah, I was I was actually going to see if I could make that transition later, but yeah, the mm-hmm. uh, the idea that the force is is again like magic, um, yeah, and even if it is something that can be understood, you know. Yeah, through science later at this time, at least at that time, it, it seems to be still seen as magic. Yeah, right. It's always <laughs> magic. The, the cool thing about episode seven coming out is we can just forget about one, two, and three. Just forget yeah. about them. <laughs> We've got new movies. Let's just pretend the first time Darth Vader ever existed is when he, when he walked onto the Tanty Four. Yeah, and he just I walked like in and looks left and looks right. And it's like, yep, that guy, that guy. <laughs> That's it. Oh man. Uh, um. So we probably get back to fantasy and uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I guess so. But but I think mm-hmm. I like that Star Wars, like you mentioned, is a really good balance. So I think that fits uh, poop mm-hmm. discussion oh, yeah. and all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like talk about the technology. Is it a uh, uh, that must be a very high tech pooper that he's exactly. pooping into? You would think. Yeah, <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go ahead, Alex. You were probably going to say something productive. <laughs> no, no, probably not. No, actually, I was going to say something like, but. Um, Technology doesn't have to be necessarily things we think of like gunpowder and, and iPads and stuff like that. Even just uh, if you look at some of, uh, get some inspiration from like Da Vinci's, you know, drawings, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Having, uh, having, it, having it, you know, sort of advanced technology that they might not have had in the Middle Ages. And this is, the, uh, actually, b- before I go on with that, this is an important point, I think, too, that people often kind of glaze over is that, um, they tend to think of D and D as the Middle Ages, and it's not. You know, mm, we, we're, yeah. it's inspired by it. It, it. The aesthetic is definitely related to the to it, but you know, 
you, you don't have to be a historian or look at the Middle Ages and say, oh, well, well you know, they, they technically didn't have this armor until this time period and all this other it, It's a separate world. It's, it's not yeah. anything mm-hmm. to do with that unless that's the setting you're creating, which is fine. But, you know, don't get too tied into that. So you can look at stuff that they have talked about with, um, like I said, with Da Vinci, with Archimedes. Uh, uh, there were stories that Archimedes was able to make these big mirrors so they could burn ships out at sea, that sort of thing, by using the mm-hmm. sun. You know, you could you could incorporate cool stuff like that into your game that has nothing to do with magic, nice. but it's still not necessarily, you know, technological as we would think it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and even looking at things like, you know, ancient <clears throat> Greece and stuff where they had, you know, they had steam power to some extent. Right. And, you know, and, and some, you know, there's evidence that they had like steam powered automatic doors and stuff like that. You yeah. know, it's just like think about not necessarily like you're saying, Alex, not necessarily guns and stuff, but just things that didn't exist in mm-hmm. the Middle Ages and medieval times and and putting them in there uh, yeah. can can it can be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it'd be, it might work if you're struggling as a DM doing this. Start small and really yeah. like work in a homebrew world that is zero magic. And then for some reason, magic is entering the world. Like go full Westeros with it. Like yeah. and then and then you can decide what magical things are there. Yep. Uh, you know what f- very few magical abilities people start to have. Uh, and uh, you know if you start small that way, you can't get drowned in it. And I think that's. Mm-hmm. That's the the big flop. That's the big fault of all a lot of these games is that all of a sudden you feel like you're in a kitchen sink setting and everything's here and it doesn't make yeah. any sense. There are, wh- what was that what was that setting that you were talking about a while ago with oh. chainsaws and barbed <laughs> yeah, wire? In, in, Gal- in Galarian uh, Pathfinders yeah. like generic setting, they have an area of the world right now where the, like spaceships fell thousands of years ago, so mm-hmm. they have like mm-hmm. robots and laser guns and chainsaw swords, uh, which is like how come none of these things exist outside of this area of the world? Like yeah. <laughs> why, why is no and leave in this place with chainsaw swords <laughs> because they hate they hate the outside world they hate it well if they hate it so much you could take the chainsaws there and really cut it to yeah, pieces it's really exactly, a good idea exactly, exactly but uh yeah that one or um uh, uh rifts uh yeah 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 Rif- rifts is is everything yeah you know like you could put in steam power you, all kinds of steam powered stuff all of that would be within the technology range of your average D&D setting, you know, creating mm-hmm. tanks that could withstand steam pressure, you know, pistons, gears, levers, things like that all could be, hand- all could be managed. Um, so really what it comes down to is, do you, you know, do you want your fantasy, fantasy setting to turn sort of steampunky or not? Right. You know, and then, and then decide, decide from there if that's what you're looking for, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, the, um, um, you know, it, so much of it has to do with start, start with the aesthetic. What do you want your setting to have, and then sort of you know reverse engineer it back to see what kind of history would have had to happen to get that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's actually really good advice, Alex. Absolutely. And I think that I mean that pertains to anything in the world. You know, thinking think about what the world is, and then reverse engineer why it is that way. Yeah. yeah. What, what would have had to have happened to, yeah. for it to be that way? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> you guys want to do a question? Yep. Well, I think we, had a, we, had, we had a lot of them, didn't we? Yeah, we, we, we did. did. And, yeah. and I don't think we should uh, narrow it down to uh, technology and fantasy because we decided on the two-parter after uh, the question was posted. So I'm just going right. to... 
We'll just do the one with yeah. the most likes. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. Lucas N writes, and some of this I know we've already talked about, but he actually has a good question near the end. How do you include sci-fi elements in a fantasy game without losing too much of the fantasy? Once you introduce sci-fi to your fantasy game, can you ever go back? Or will you always have sci-fi elements from that point on? And um, uh, I'll pass it to one of you guys to really jump on that first part. How do you include sci-fi elements in the fantasy game without losing the fantasy? Well, original D&D did it with uh, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks, mm-hmm. where they, you actually go into a crashed spaceship as part as as an adventure yeah and uh um so i mean that was obviously that was one really obvious way you you know you know you go on what you think is going to be a dungeon crawl and you end up going into an you know an alien spacecraft that crashed you know centuries before or millennia before even Mm -hmm. um and uh you could actually go back and listen to our episode on aliens yeah remember yeah because we talked a lot about that in that episode we did. That, that's we true, did. Uh, but uh, as far as how to keep it from spreading, it depends on the level of technology. Like if it's a if it's a really advanced alien spacecraft, there's no way that a um, you know fantasy tech level setting is going to be able to reverse engineer that in any meaningful yeah. way. I mean, they, they'll mm-hmm. be able to scavenge bits and maybe figure out how they work, but ultimately yeah. they're not going to be able to. Re- replicate it because they just don't have the infrastructure to to produce that. Yeah, you know? so it'd be I mean, like someone in Colonial America finding an iPad. It's like they're not going to make more iPads. Right. They might figure out how to make <laughs> one work, but they're yeah. not going to be able to make another one. <laughs> well, and, and maybe important. not even that because if they, if they don't have a way to you know to charge it, unless there's you know it comes yeah, with yeah true you know solar panels that you could plug in. <laughs> that's <laughs> but that's a really cool uh, story possibility. Also, like there are twelve of these super powered like laser rifles in the entire world and uh you know you might be finding one and you know how rare it is you your quest might be to find all of them you know that'd be something pretty cool well if you if you look at it tied in with the uh uh like the the marvel Mm -hmm. universe of of the legends of asgard so you have Mm -hmm. asgardian technology uh, right would look like magic you wouldn't think of it as technology in terms of your setting, so maybe you could introduce things like that that look like just magic to the even to the players, and then maybe they track it back and they find something that is obviously not just magic. You know, there's, right. more, there's more to it than this. So you kind of exactly. lead them into it. That's drifting off the question a little bit, but that's uh, mm-hmm. that came to mind. Uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I think also if you want the sci-fi elements to to be gone, um, make them all stop working. Mm. Yeah. Because not only does that accomplish that thing that you want to accomplish, but also it's an interesting story hook. Like, why is this stuff not working anymore? Well, maybe it's because you know, the, the, the creators of them are gone, or they, maybe even they're returning. So, Yeah. Or like well, the Jesse universe I, doesn't react well with magic. So it yeah. just erodes it eventually. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, good or you can you can always do something where there's a there's a great sort of uh, pushback against technology and it all gets destroyed or whatever. You know, I've I've had settings before mm-hmm. where you know you've had something like Warforged that have been created and you know the general populace kind of rises up as like a hey these things are doing a lot of damage and they start sort of hunting them down and killing them and things like that. And so you mm-hmm. can do you can do something similar with sci-fi elements or technology in your mm-hmm. game where oh, yeah. you know oh yeah there used to be like 
robots 50 years ago, but they're all destroyed. And then, you know, there's an adventure where your players stumble upon one sort of deactivated in a dungeon somewhere. And that could be kind of cool, too. Mm. So. I, yeah, I'd recommend actually reading through the Eberron campaign setting. Uh, we're, yeah. I, I might get a lot of mm-hmm. hate for this, but I love that campaign setting. I really enjoy no, I it. No, I think Eberron does a good job of melding magic and technology and, yeah, and making creative. them work sort of symbiotically. So mm-hmm, For sure. Well, didn't, didn't the Shannara series also... Yeah, well, yeah, Shannara uh, got kind of crazy where uh, Terry Brooks melded two of his series, one that was happening in modern day and mm-hmm. and uh, Shannara, which was happening in, you know, the past, but uh, this is a huge spoiler for people who haven't read the don't, book. I, don't I haven't read it, I haven't read it, don't do it. Oh, uh, and it's so good. Okay. I don't want to say it. But basically, there's a revelation at some point in the books that it's like, oh, these are the same world, and... Uh, yeah. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Well, the, the, I don't know if you saw they're coming out with a, uh, a series. I think uh, they are. Based yeah. On it. And and they, you know I've seen the trailer and and they show us they show you know images of like a massive super tanker that's just covered with foliage you know mm-hmm. embedded in this hillside that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. It, then yeah. it's it's obviously not going to be a big secret. In there yeah, that's that true. It's, that that's it's, true. That, that's meant to be our world. You know. Right. A long time yeah. After. Yeah, yeah, it sort of becomes almost like a like a ninth or a ninth world from like Numenera, where yeah. it's like, oh, this is this is Earth. It's just way, 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 way far right. in the future. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of like the uh, the Game of Thrones uh, thing that happened at the end of last season, where they, you realize that it's all on Earth. I thought the I thought the <laughs> you ru- ru- I thought the <laughs> rule by ju- monkeys the yeah. Justin yeah. Bieber cameo was a little weird for you me. You damn but. dirty White Walkers! You blew, blew it up! up. <laughs> damn you! You fracking White Walkers! <laughs> oh, they're in that fracking ship. Yeah, we're doing a throwback. Yeah. Roll up and die. Yeah, the best like of. episode two or three. Yeah, we had the BSG. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Let's. Uh, do you guys want to create some sort of technology in a magic setting? Yeah. 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 Let's like do it. Uh, all right. Cool. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to roll this d6, and that goes straight to Alex. Oh, awesome. All right. So uh, this technology was developed by um, a group of people who have not been able to to uh, uh, to tap into magic as, as everyone else has. They're able to use it, but they haven't been able to channel it as, as others. And so what, they've fi- what, they're, what they're creating is a device that will not only harness magic, but it will extract it from people mm. who can use it. Mm. Oh, cool. All right. Matt. I picture this being almost like... Um, like Bioshock, where they use these devices to extract magic from magic users. And I, I, I sort of picture it almost being like these big glass and copper syringes that they stick uh. into these people and pull out this sort of glowing magical essence. And if they inject it into themselves, they sort of get this... They're able to use magic for a short time, but it's not permanent and it has side effects. Oh, nice. Oh, man. Okay, I'm rolling. I, that's me. I want you to picture this uh, kind of like, picture the evil, like an evil empire's city. And the entire city runs off of magic. Opening doors, uh, automatic hot bathhouses, like everything's totally hedonistic and wonderful and happy. When, underneath the city, I want you to channel the Matrix. There are 
hundreds, if not thousands of magic users mm. that are strapped in to and turned into uh, virtual batteries just mm. fueling the magic that is keeping this city going and they're all like in this massive room where they're all unconscious uh, plugged in to these uh, syringes man that's awesome I like it and uh, they're, they're probably managed by illithids oh absolutely they are <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they're the ones who they're the caretakers of all these uh, batteries. I love oh, it. Oh my god, yeah, that is awesome. For a second I was like, illithids? Oh, I know what a mind flare is. <laughs> I Googled yeah. it. I was like, what the fuck is an illithid? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, a mind flare. It's a mind flare. Why, why are you trying to go pretentious on us, man? It's a mind flare. <laughs> Back in my day, we called it a we mind had flare. Illithids. <laughs> What's the kingdom and the phylum of the the mind flame? <laughs> That's dumb. Anyway. Let's do another one. Yeah, I think yeah, we should yeah. do another one also. Um, okay, so let's roll the die again. Okay, that went straight to Matt. Okay. Uh... No, we should do another one. No, okay. I, uh, <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. Cool, I got it. Cool. Okay, so this is... Um, it's a certain order of knights who use uh, steam-powered armor, and they basically have power armor. So they look like Templars, awesome. but they're super strong because they have this armor that's basically powered by steam, and whenever they move, it's like steam just like comes out of the joints and stuff, and when they walk around, it's like... So they're basically walking around in these robot suits. Nice. Oh, dude, that is awesome. Like, I'm, I'm picturing something out of Warhammer 40K, but yeah, in a fantasy like, setting. Yeah, or like, like power armor from, like, a, uh, like a Fallout or something like that. Oh, like yeah. This really, like, this really just big, bulky armor with, like, this, like, sort of faceless, almost skull-like visor on it. Very cool. Awesome. Go back to your home, citizens. <laughs> Go back to your home. <laughs> Curfew is in effect. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, next up, that is me. So if we're making power armor that is steam-based, I'm mm. going to say that um, the the back of this armor is just like, th there's lots and lots of what look like copper drums. Uh, and... I'm going. I don't. I don't want to get too crazy with it, but I'm going to say that you know, uh, in battle, if one of those drums uh, are is hit, then you just see just a massive explosion of steam out the back of it. Ooh, yeah. Or yeah. Mm. So or maybe they could even be used kind of like a jetpack type of thing. Yeah, I, I like the idea that they like. I'm sorry, they have like a, a cloak to hide this, like oh, hide yeah. their weak point. But if you know about it and you can stab back there, they, it like seriously reduces their fighting capability. Super good idea. A massive yeah. cloak that has this, you know, yeah. their sigil on it or something. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, and if you know enough about them, you know that underneath it is their weak, their weakness. Yeah. Uh, let me, <laughs> Alex. All right. Yeah, so uh in addition to these suits, they have uh a few of a few of they uh, they have a few number of these larger mech sort of uh, oh. uh versions of them. Uh <laughs> these these kind of, these kind of these kind of walking fortresses that 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 sort of back them up. And oh uh and in addition to uh, uh a lot of these sort of mech soldiers sort of like cling to the outside of it and then sort of, you know, jettison when they when they're ready for, when they're ready for combat, sort of like a sort of like a transport as well. Mm -hmm. And uh 
they have they have cannons that that are able to eject uh, some of the steam as a, as a as a as sort of a weapon to uh, uh, to to burn uh, you know enemies with enemies in their path. Just awesome, ba- massive jets of steam. Awesome. So argy bargy. Yeah, total argy bargy. Uh, <laughs> we're bringing it back, man. Every episode. I know callbacks uh, tonight. But I I want to uh, ask you a couple questions more about this because this is an idea that people can steal, and I want to steal mm-hmm. an idea. Uh, mm-hmm. The Winds of Sir Celine game is coming up this Friday, uh, session yeah. seven. Nice. And I want to ask you guys two questions. Number one, how would you make this powered suit, uh, which is powered by steam, also magically operated? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the second question is, what do you call it? What do you call the it or the people that use it? Oh, I get the magic part. Do it. Um, Go for it, Alex. Well, although it's steam powered, you still need heat. You know, so so carrying a big furnace inside would, would be hard. So they have to have mm-hmm. some sort of heat source. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they have this uh, uh, in in the center. They have this little sort of uh, uh, silver cage where they open up this this uh, sort of planar gate to uh, you know the, uh, sort of an elemental plane of fire that uh, that heats the water inside the suit that you know const- is constantly burning within it awesome. and. Uh, uh, that too can be a weak point as well. If you can, if you can rupture that cage that kind of keeps this um, uh, this uh, portal intact, um, it can it can cause a, a massive rupture as well. So these suits are are are, are powerful, but uh, if they if they fail, it's catastrophic. Awesome, really cool. Uh, okay, so and, and I've got your name. What is it? The Order of Atmos. Ooh, where does that come from? Uh, Atmos is Greek for steam. Nice. nice. I, I uh, <laughs> jinx. I, <laughs> I I thought you were going to be like he's going to use this in the winds of Sersaline. So I'm going to call him the Dick Butts. I'm going to call him <laughs> the Hairy Butt Crack Knights. Yeah, you got to use it. It's canon, baby. It's, it's canon, canon. The Hairy Butt Crack Knights. <laughs> well, that and is the awesome. O, the O in Atmos has oh a little. A little accent over it. In, in <laughs> well, accent, it's have an ac- yeah. So well, if, at most, then wouldn't it be? It's gotta have an accent. Then wouldn't it yeah. be at most? I don't know, man. I, I don't know. At most, I do it. Uh, at most. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> okay. Shut up, Parker. Well, fine. I'll say one more thing. Thank you very much for listening to Roll Up and Die. Uh, oh, Absolute Tabletop is up. You can check it out if yep. you're interested. Uh, thank you, everyone who's already checked it out. Uh, the Be a Better Battlemaster PDF is still up there. Um, actually, it won't be. By the time you hear this, uh, it, it'll be oh. up there, but it won't be free anymore. So yeah. maybe we'll release this episode early. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's Thursday. No, okay. Thank you very much for tuning in, everybody, uh, to Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker. And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And goodbye. Fireworks, Whoa. explosions, sound effects. <laughs> what was that? It was the it was the the symbol going off. Oh, I thought that was V blowing up the the bell tower. Oh, yeah. And V for Vendetta. Awesome oh no. Movie. Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. 
It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of this show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.